Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of our new podcast here at the Plainsman, Reels Review. We're going to be breaking down all things cinema from new releases, timeless classics, and everything that's going on in the movie biz. I'm your host, Donovan Weaver, and joining me on this journey into the silver screen is my co-host and Lucky Charms enthusiast, Jack Myrick. Jack, how are you doing today? I am doing good. We just, this weekend, we saw... uh, Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp, yep. Quantumania. Yep, new, so. new MCU film, mm-hmm. very exciting. So basically how we're going to do this show is we're just going to give our general thoughts on the movie, kind of spoiler-free, that won't be very long. Then we're going to go in-depth on the major plot points of the movie. Then we're going to give our final thoughts, and then to tap it all off, we're going to give just kind of the state of the MCU, like what's happening with Marvel and what's going forward, how we think it's going to play out. But, Jack, what did you think of the movie? Just an overview of it. I think it was enjoyable. Um, was it up to the standards of previous phases? No. But it's definitely been better than the last uh, uh, theatrical releases that Marvel's done. Um, so it's hard to say if I would say it's a good movie. Because I feel like what they've put out has been pretty rough. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I was not a fan of Phase 4 at all, but we're going to get that to that at the end. Just my general thoughts, uh, positives. I think Kang's amazing. The new big bad of the MCU, like that's what we're going, that's what we're heading towards the new Avengers movie mm-hmm. is Kang Dynasty. I think that comes out in 2025. I think Kang is amazing. Jonathan Majors kills it in the role. I thought the pace was really good. Uh, while I didn't love the movie as a whole, I was never bored by it. I thought it flowed pretty quickly. It wasn't over two hours, which feels like that's the first time in forever an MCU film hasn't been over two hours. But as far as the negatives, I thought the tone was incredibly uneven. That's a lot of MCU films, yeah, though. Yeah, that's, where that's you, where an you, issue. Where you introduce a really compelling, serious villain, and then you just cut them off with a joke that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that, that's, you know, I guess that's the MCU charm. That's what makes it different from other, you know, comic book stuff. You know, you've got the boys, the DC Universe coming out, and uh, Invincible, those series. I mean, they're all very serious. To an aspect, I think the boys Owens kind of comedy to it. I mean, obviously, but there's still a serious tones where I feel like um, Marvel is just more like. I mean, it's for kids at the end of the day. Yeah, but like that—that's what makes the money for Disney. So yeah, it's like George Lucas said with Star War, uh, Star Wars. Like it's it's made for kids, and I feel like uh, the MCU has kind of hit that narrative. Whereas, like if you're a grown up, maybe mm-hmm. DC use more their speed. But you know, if you're Disney, you're Marvel. You want to make money, so you want to hit that big. You want to hit everybody. So while it is for kids, you got to have those underlying great stories. And while I think for the most part they've done a great job with that in the MCU, I feel like this last kind of couple years has been rough. And then with this film, while, again, I didn't think it was bad, I thought it was very okay, but it just felt like a generic MCU film. I think that's my biggest criticism of it. Yeah, I mean, um, I think this... This movie in this phase is the Avengers movie. It's it's the big setup movie. It's it's the movie that's going to be like, okay, this is coming in the future kind of like movie. This is setting up the big bad villain that we'll dive into later on in the uh, podcast. But um, I don't know what they could have done differently for the film because I feel like, you know, there's, there's just so much they've put on their plate already with all these movies, it's kind of hard to, I feel like, have a good structured story. Because you look at uh, Batman recently, solo film, great. Noir, 
fun, you know. But with Marvel, they have to balance all these different t- like storylines. Um, it's like pro wrestling. I say, it feels like a lot of them are setup movies yeah. almost. Like we're so, not like we have our movie, yeah, but this is actually just a setup movie for the next setup movie until mm-hmm. we get to yep. Endgame. Yep. And I feel Marvel gets in that little thing a lot. But having said that, I think we should just go dive right into the movie. We open Scott Lang. It's post Endgame, post Blip. And while I thought this was kind of interesting, how the the past phase of Marvel after the blip has been all doom and gloom, like the the just how horrible it's been after the blip, which you can imagine, you come back after five years, you know, lose your job, all that. It is a kind of a tragic scenario. Scott's doing great. He's written his book. He's kind of living life. Everybody loves him. Hey, Ant Man, how are you? Taking pictures with everybody. He's just kind of living life, and he's loving it. So it's it's like yeah. it's like the first time it's been like happy almost. Do you think they could? Um I mean, I wouldn't say he was happy because remember, uh, at that very beginning, I think they set it up as like, oh, you know, it might be ignorance, uh, ignorance is bliss, yeah, um, kind of moment there, um, because Scott's like, oh, it's all happy, blah blah blah, like I'm having a good time walking down the street, high fiving people, taking pictures with dogs, and then his daughter, mm. which she is opened up, shown uh, being, uh bailed out of prison by Scott and Hope. Um, and her perspective is that she is an activist. There's a lot of people that have been left, you know, homeless by the blip, which makes sense. I mean, people, I mean, uh, Black Widow in that film, uh, when she comes back, there's another family living in the house. It's a whole different, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was a whole different, wasn't that right? Yeah. Um, so that, I think, I think maybe he was looking at it as like, Okay, life is great, but then there's gonna be cat his daughter's uh, perspective, which is not everything's great. Like there's thing there's still things out in the world that can be fixed. Yeah, well, yeah. So you get Cassie; she's been arrested for being an activist for I think got tear gassed by in a peaceful protest or something like that. She she gets bailed out of prison. We get home and we get the scene at a dinner table which I, f- I felt was really interesting where they're kind of crapping on Ant-Man because he's like, well, guys, like, I saved the world. And they're like, oh, yeah, you saved the world. Yeah, well, there's still people hurting. But I, I'm i not going to lie. I know you're meant to, like, sympathize with Cassie in this moment. I actually didn't. Like, no, like, Ant-Man did save the world. He well, did do that. And I get I get the the perspective of, well, we have, to, we have to keep helping people. We have to keep helping people. But I get Ant-Man's perspective, too. He's just like, well, I just saved the world. And it's like, it's like it's like y'all don't even like really care that much, but it, it's an interesting little dynamic there. But do you think that's him covering, you know, like covering his name because he's got like that's think about it that's like that's a celebrity, and your daughter is now getting arrested, even you know even if it is for like an act of, like some people get that you know in their head where they're like my image is greater than anything else, and so he could be like oh I need to protect this image of Ant Man the Avenger. And then his daughter's getting arrested because obviously that would have been headlines. That would have been headlines. That would, if I, I don't think it's so much as that. I think it's just a pure because you get this later. It's mm-hmm. like a theme in the movie. You can't help everyone. That's what. Yeah. Remember, Ant Man's. Uh, we'll, we'll get that later in the film. Cassie's yeah. like, we got to help these people. Well, it was, was kind of too. Cassie's was you can help everyone. Exactly, and Ant Man's like you can't help you know, everyone. Scott's was, uh, 
you just gotta pick your fights kind of like that's so so you get that family dynamic well then we get introduced to basically the plot of the movie right mm-hmm. we're not we're not in the real world for a while we get thrown into the quantum realm but we get thrown in because cassie who is an 18 year old she's 18 read some of hank pym's pages from his diary and she created this quantum satellite she just made this up in a basement she's just smart enough to do this yeah, and, and, and having over here to read and then, uh, geology exactly uh, study guide five times which, over. Which to me, okay, I'm gonna be honest. I hate when they do this in films, and MCU does a lot where they introduce a character, and they're just great at everything. Like right off the bat, this girl's 18 years old. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm that's a big leap to go from I'm 18 years old and now I'm creating quantum satellites that can pinpoint stuff. I just I did too big of a leap for me. I I didn't really like that at all. Yeah, I think that I mean MCU does that a lot. Obviously, they I mean Kate Bishop. I mean I feel like hers made hers made more sense because yeah. she was an archer. She had that background. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones because I know there's a lot of young adventures coming up. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Cassie's going to be one of those. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, it's like they're setting her up because we learn later she has a suit. But yeah, yeah no, it, it seems like Marvel because Mar- it's because going back to the dinner scene, it's uh, her, Hank, and Hope. Yeah. They're all like secretly. They didn't like Scott's out on it. He doesn't know what's like. He doesn't know what's going on. Which well, is, yeah, because he's the dumb one, right? Yeah, he's the dumb. One. Like they're all they're they're all smarter than this guy. Yeah, and it's like this. And but then, then Janet Janet's not in on it. Janet, which 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 will which is a for, big... for one very big reason mm-hmm. and real quick I'm gonna say this point and then we'll jump to that I don't like that they they tear down old characters to build up the new ones and the new ones are just automatically great at everything MCU's done this they did it in Star Wars with Ray you tear down Han Solo and Luke Ray can do everything she's beating Kylo Ren with a lightsaber fight when she's never held one that makes no sense I'm sorry. I get she's a Palpatine kid. We didn't even know that at that time. They changed that, so that's not an excuse. I, I don't like when they just make these characters overpowered or just incredibly competent and make old characters who used to be competent incompetent now. It feels like they've been doing that a lot with MCU. Uh, yeah, I agree, especially the Star Wars point, because anything that makes Mark Hamill cry... That's bad. I agree. Because if that that man is his national treasure, and Mark Hamill hated, yeah, oh, that. yeah, he hated, hated. He, oh, that I don't. That that's that's another episode we'll get into. But probably. real quick, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll jump in the whole pl- the whole reason this movie happens. And again, I hate when they do this in movies too. Is because the characters didn't have a thirty second conversation. It's because it takes. It's because um, Janet, who is Hank Pym's wife, did not tell them that there was a mass murderer down there in the quantum realm. Why would you not tell them that? Like, hey, guys, there's a mass murderer down there in the quantum realm. Don't go down there. Do you think it, Do you think their uh, their bailout was that she felt guilt? Because remember, um, later on, they, they blame her for him taking power. Do you think she feels like some kind of guilt where she's like, if I tell them, they're like, oh, like you, you did that? Like, you... Unleash this mass villain. I, I feel like it's a cop out answer. I, yeah. I feel like any any, any rational person hey, immediately I, tells him. Also, at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. Scott get they're playing with a quantum realm. That is true. That and is Janet's true. there, and that, she is there. And does I, she say anything? No, because she doesn't um, say a single thing. I remember I rewatched uh, some of the clips last night, um, and one of them was that clip, and I was like, wait, like. 
she's completely fine. I like she's okay with them doing that, but knowing that there is a mass murderer, uh, Kang the Conqueror yeah. in this quantum realm. Yeah. So didn't like that at all. But anyways, we get to the quantum realm, basically Star Wars and the MCU. Looks like it. Kind of the setups like this too. We have the rebellion oh, led completely. by the led by the dictator, the faceless henchmen, kinda of like the stormtroopers. Which is fine. I didn't hate that setup. It's whatever. I, I get it. But it does feel like the MCU visually is just green screen now. Oh, which, which I get it. You have to because you're telling these big stories. But when everything is green screen and it's noticeable, and I got to be honest, MCU's been shaky on CGI. It's been bad. It's been Especially with the TV shows. Bad. They've been terrible. And it, again, this is Ant-Man, Quantumania. This is the kickoff to Phase 5. And your CGI is very shaky. And we know you can do it because you did it with Star Wars. It's the same production company. So I just I don't understand why the CGI is still this shaky. Do you think it's because uh, I know we're getting this too later? Like we're gonna get get into this more later on. But do you think it's because they're putting so much out? Like it's too so quick. Like the, yeah, they're yeah. like they're just like they're rushing the stories, and then they're like we're putting out so much content we can't go big budget on one of these films. Like they can't like give. I don't, I don't even think it's a budget thing. It, it takes time to create that good CGI, mm-hmm. and I think they're asking too much of these uh, VX artists. Too quickly, like I, I think I, I was listening to some YouTube show where the VX where people were, were like, "Yeah, Marvel CGI isn't as good," is because they give the CGI uh, the VX artists like this this amount of time. They're like, "Well, we can't do that in this amount of time." Well, we got to have our movie out in what two months, so get on it now. I don't know, and we're gonna talk about that this at the end where like uh, MCU's just putting out way too much content, uh, way too much content, a bunch of mediocre content too. They need to slow down, put out some good content, get your CGI right because we have the ability. We know we. I watched Avatar: The Way of Water. That, that is that is a beautiful movie. Didn't love it, but beautiful, beautiful movie, and it's all CGI. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it also has some Avatar elements to it. Like, there's uh, when they first get to the quantum realm. Um, very prequel Star Wars sets. Um, I mean, there's like a group of people that they encounter that is literally like the Tusken Raiders. It's treated like that. Um, which is which is the one I'm not talking about the Rebellion, but the the guy sh- Janet stabs. Yes, that felt very big, like uh, Tatooine, kind of like the speeders. And then it gets to like Avatar, where they're on this giant bird-like creature or whatever it is, and they're just flying off. Yeah. And then, yep, you it's, see that in the movie when yeah. they're yeah when they're going yeah you do see that. So, anyways, just jumping off that, we get there. There's a rebellion. That's where so Scott and Cassie are with the rebellion. Uh, you get uh, Hank, uh, Janet, and um, who's the wasp? I'm blanking on her name. Hope. Hope. You get Hope. They're off doing their own thing, and but of course, of course, uh, Ant Man and Cassie don't don't know that Kang's down there. They don't mm. know he's the big bad because. Uh, Conveniently, Janet didn't land with yeah. them. And so, Jan- Janet's a big name exactly. down there because every every time they hear the name Janet, a- a- everyone's like, "Oh, Janet, Janet, you know Janet? Oh, she, she she's great. Ooh, she's Janet. great, which is great. Which I I, I think she plays. And, it, and then when they're like, uh, when Scott the I, that was very cliche. They always do that with like you know when it's like your heroes are in a new world. They split them up. They put them so they had Janet, Hope, and uh, Hank be like. They find their way to what seems to be the solution. Exactly. That's not. It's the bad guys. And then Scott and Cassie, um, they seem to be in the, like, oh, no, they're with the bad guys. There's some bad guys. 
No, those are the solutions. Exactly. They do that so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I feel like it's overdone with some, like, this whole film has a lot of, like, just rehash of things. And I think that's what holds it back from being a good movie overall. Yeah. So, basically, you have Team Ant-Man with the Rebellion, which I actually like the stuff with the Rebellion. Oh, the Rebellion was hilarious. I thought they were I thought they were interesting. A lot of funny scenes with that. I don't want to get too much into it. Do you remember the, uh, what was the character's name? Because the big thing from that the is... The the holes. Yeah, yeah. He's big, uh, they were saying, drink the ooze. Yeah, drink, drink the, the yeah. ooze. Because I thought it was a little weird. I thought it was like a cult-like thing. Because yeah. remember when uh, Cassie looks at uh, Scott and she's like, drink the ooze. And I was like... Ooh, like, uh, I don't know, what's like wrong that. with her? No, but I actually, I actually I did like that scene. I like how they set it up, and then you got Team Wasp. They go to see uh, a good friend of ours, Bill Murray. They go to see mm. Bill Murray, and I'll, Bill I'll, Murray. Let, I'll let you talk about this scene because I know you liked it quite a bit. Yes, because I know we. I I said this was my favorite scene because mm-hmm. I've told you, Bill Murray does not play a character. Bill Murray plays Bill Murray. He does. There, there. I don't. I don't even feel right calling him by his character's name because. Every single movie Bill Murray's in, he's Bill Murray. So anyway, and I did joke with you because some of the vibes I had been getting from Janet was that uh, she had an affair. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's kind of funny because I remember I jabbed you in the theater and said that. Turns out she did with Bill yeah. Murray. So Bill Murray's character, they, they come, well, I guess I should set up. So they first go to like a... Um, uh, little underground yeah, bar, little underground place. bar like Moss Elsba. Yeah, El- like Moss Eisley. Uh, yeah. Eisley, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. No, you're good. <laughs> Star Wars knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so they go in there. Um, they're seated. They're looking for someone. They treat Bill Murray's character kind of like a Han Solo. He's kind of cool dude. Comes in. Uh, comes down from this awesome ship. Um, sits down to dinner with them. Starts making kind of inappropriate remarks to Janet, which then implies the affair I joked about. Um. Hank was hilarious and that's Hank's reactions. He's like, What? And, and Michael Douglas is amazing. No. Which I wish they he ends up being a major part in the film, like the savior mm-hmm. of the film. We'll get into that later, but I feel like they, I wish they would have check just, off guns with his yeah, earpiece. I wish they would have gave him more to do just throughout the film because he didn't really do much until the end. Even at the mm-hmm. end, he was like he was an important part of the movie. But I like, feel like he he got treated more like an idiot throughout the film than Scott did towards the end. Yeah. He was kind of just like some bumbling buffoon. But anyways, we we, we get the scene with um, Bill Murray, and he ends up introducing us to a man. Well, well, well first off, for that, he he kind of dives into Janet's history because we find out Janet was a freedom fighter, and then they fought against Kang, but then Bill Murray, in classic form, where it's like, okay, this guy's a solution, is the problem. He's going to turn them in like Lando in Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars you know, there, there's a hunter, yeah, a, a, a dangerous hunter. hunter, Boba Fett. Oh, and you love now. I'll let, I'll give that part to you because I know you love the hunter. I, I, I know that's your favorite. He's they they do hype him up. As oh, like they do. That's the scary this killing machine. Scary man. Well, let's talk about Kang first. Mm-hmm. Biggest positive to me by far the movie. Jonathan Majors plays uh, this role. Uh, I thought he was incredible in it. I think he is a perfect big bad for the MCU. And you were talking about this last night, how it's almost like, it's kind of like Thanos, but he's, he's just a little worse, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like this mass genocide guy who's killed trillions and trillions of people, but he's power hungry. See, Thanos was never power hungry. Yeah. He just wanted to, he actually thought what he was doing was right. He wanted to save the whole universe. He wanted yeah. to, because he thought... Which, I mean, go into uh, Eternals, you know, the whole thing with Eternals was that these populations grow and grow, 
to become food, essentially to uh, the celestials. Is that what they're called? Yeah, Celest- uh, the celestials. And so, and Thanos, we don't really hasn't really been confirmed, but it really seems like he was trying to stop that. Yeah, like, he, he was. was. Yeah, he's just. Yeah. So like, while it was awful. You can see it. You can get where he's coming from because his planet got destroyed because of the population crisis and all that. But then with with, with uh, Kang, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah. Th- this guy basically can control time. I don't know if you've seen Loki. It ties back. They explained it like thirty. Yeah, Loki, they explained it really deeply in Loki. Loki's a must watch to understand. I think a good chunk of this film. Exactly. I don't really know if you need to watch it to understand it, but to under like to, Dude, to like, get to, a deep, realize, to get a deeper understanding. I think it's to it. realize uh, the threat. Yeah, because like uh, the way Loki ends uh, is more. I think that's more doom and gloom than the way this ends. Yes, but so. but but you get Kang, you get Jonathan Majors. I, th- I think he's just incredible. The serious villain, yeah. this serious villain that's almost charming in a way because the way uh, Majors plays the role, he's like charming, but he's awful because there's this there's this great scene. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. This is my favorite scene of the film. Uh, basically, the hunter. <laughs> yep, the, the hunter. The hunter captures uh, Ant Man and Cassie, and they're in the cell, uh, holding blocks. And then Kang comes in, and he's just talking to him. And I and I already told you, I love dialogue scenes. So you get Kang talking to Ant Man, saying like, "Hey, I need you to go down here and get this little ore for me because I want to break out of the quantum realm." So basically, the whole setup is Kang is stuck in the quantum realm because Janet uh, set, uh, destroyed this little device he needs to break out. So he's yeah. so he's in the quantum realm. He's stuck there. He needs Ant Man to go get him back, and he's being nice to him. He's just like, "Hey, just do this, and you'll be fine. I'll save everybody. You'll be good." And Ant Man's like, "No, I don't know you. Like, you're the bad guy. You kidnapped us. I'm not doing that." And Kang doesn't even flinch. Doesn't doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't. Basically, tells uh, Scott, "Okay, cool. If you don't do it, I'm gonna kill your daughter." And you believe him. You're like, "Oh yeah, like, he's actually gonna do. It. He's gonna kill yeah. his daughter." And just so immediately, this guy, you do not mess with this guy. He's going to get what he wants or he's going to kill you. And I love that. That's a, just great, a scary, compelling villain. I, yeah, think they knocked it, I think they knocked it out of the park but with the thing, it. But the thing with Kang's character, uh, we're going to see a lot of different Kangs. We've already seen, we've seen, um, like, I, I guess to dive into their characters, we've seen a lot already necessarily, but... We've only really gotten to know two, two. Kangs. And one was like the, the like, nice little yeah, the nice he, was, Kang. he was like, Hey, look, I'm just letting it play out. He's like, I'm I'm conquered it all, but I'm letting everything just play on out. He even give it he gave up his power. Yeah, he was like, Hey, take it. Hey, he was take, like, hey, it. hey take it. He was cool. He was he he was quicken like he was yeah. you know, cracking jokes. Yeah, he was funny. This Kang though. Oh no 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 no. He was all business, as you said. He's just he He went full Mr. Krabs. Yeah. He wanted all that money. He money, wanted, money, yeah, money, 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 money. Um, he, I I think uh, he is definitely like Thanos and Ultron with like the Marvel villains that are actually serious. But his is I think his his uh, intentions are close to Ultron. Yeah, Ultron wanted everything. Oh, so does Kang. Yeah, Kang. I feel like Kang could be a paranoia. Like you could look at him because he's got because he knows all he knows about the multiverses. And he knows, or I think he knows something might they might all collide, and there only could be one. Um, and I think that might be what he's fearing because yeah. he does. And we'll talk about this later, but they do they do play it up because I talk I talked mm-hmm. to you about this. Yep. You're like, well, this guy's awful, 
But does he? Does he? Maybe he thinks he's doing the right thing. Maybe he's. Is he actually stopping? Stopping something worse? And you don't know. We'll talk about it later. But that gets us into the hunter, and this is the worst part of the film for me. So Modok, if y'all do not know, he's a character from the comics. I think he got introduced. I looked this up. Um, the female version of Deadpool. That's when he got introduced as one of her villains. So kind of uh, an obscure character. Got populated by animated series with Spider Man. He's basically this like super smart genius person, at least in the comics, and he looks funny. He's got a huge, gigantic head, like the size of a 70-inch uh, TV screen, and little arms and little legs. So he's like a funny-looking guy, just not really something you can adapt to live action. Well, they tried to adapt it to live action. Uh, Yellow Jacket from the first movie and Ant-Man, he, we think he dies. Turns out he doesn't die. He turns into... Modoc, and I gotta be honest with you, the way his face looked, I thought it, it looked incredibly stupid. It took me out of the movie every time, and also the humor, his stupid jokes cut all the tension out of the seriousness that was going on in Kane. Because the problem is, not only is he in the movie, but he's he's right, but he's Kane's like right hand man, so he's in every scene with him, and so you, Kane gives this like great dialogue, and then he cut to Modoc saying something dumb or looking stupid, and you're just like, oh, takes me out of the movie right there. Yeah, speaking of the visuals, I know we came up with this yesterday, the comparison. It looks just like George Lopez from Shark Boy and Lava Yeah, Bo- Mr. Girl. Electric, yeah. He, he looks just like him, just a big old dumb little CGI face. I about to say, if you ever seen Shark Boy and Lava, Lava Girl, which is... You've pretty much already seen the whole film. You, 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 you've seen Ant-Man, Quantumania, <laughs> yeah, and you've yeah. seen the main villain. But yeah, so... <laughs> Mo- Mo- I, do you think, do you think um, it's good for... Movies to introduce a villain like this because no. when you're I, yeah I, I was thinking about that this morning it's I don't awful. think it is why well, one at a time first off if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce Modok which he's a very silly character it should have been he he would he might have been good for an Ant Man solo film like you know the first yeah. two Ant Mans were lighthearted kind of fun maybe give maybe have Modok be the villain in a Ant Man film where it's not this big a scale where he's like a funny villain and also don't make him look like that I'm sorry changes character design. Do what you have to do. I don't care if it's not comic accurate because that looks awful. You're telling me you didn't like the CGI butt on they gave him. Oh my! They literally they, they, they knew what they were doing. I did they, laugh at that part. I did. I, I chuckled a little bit. His little like, leg dang, yeah, dangling. Yeah, because I'm a child. It's like in Deadpool where he's got the little baby legs and he's. Oh, like, I know a better comparison. Uh, any people that have listened to or watched, I'm not listening, to, but watch the show, regular show. Oh yeah. When they bring in, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the real guy's name. But it's like when it's the arcade episode, and they bring in uh, I can't remember what they call him the show either. But he's mostly a parody of a real life guy that has faked uh, like scores in arcades, and his that is exactly like the body they That's gave what him. Looks like. They gave him little arms, big old head, and little legs. So a lot of times they they. It, I mean, it slapstick humor a little bit because they have his legs just dangle. It's very and stuff. slapstick, which yeah. which brings me. I, I'm just gonna go ahead and we'll, I'll address this now. The tone in this movie is awful. It makes no sense. You have a lighthearted, lighthearted hero in Ant Man who he again he's a smaller scale hero. The first two Ant Mans were smaller scale films. They were very like city, almost Spider Man like films where you have this likable hero he cracks jokes a lot he you don't take him too seriously his villains aren't too serious in either of the films and then you you put him against your big bad serious guy and then you add in modok to just cut whatever tension you have which just means the tones of this movie it goes from like 
oh, you have the serious scene, and then a, and then a random weird, and you know MCU humor is like very like jokey comedy slapstick. So you have the serious scene, and then just a like a random joke thrown in there. Just yeah, it takes away from the tension. Yeah, it it just it takes like, you out his of the daughter movie. like almost dies, and then Modok is like. Ooh, you know, come like yeah. did some dumb thing, yeah. and then you know. So you literally had this guy um, kill. And I'm gonna go on this later. You had this guy killing hundreds of people. Oh, he has a brutal like for MCU. Exactly. Kill, I don't know, if you, but there's a brutal MCU kill. Like I, I think it's probably the most brutal kill there is yeah, in will, the whole. But you have this guy killing hundreds of people, and then Modok comes in and says this, this stupid little joke that I I didn't even think it was funny, and and it was I was just like why why do you do this? Why do you do this MCU? You do this every time, and it just it makes no sense, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Decide what you're going to go for. You're either going to be slapstick humor, or if you want to get a little more serious movie, do a serious movie, but not like this. They they didn't have like somebody by Thanos' side that just cut his legs out from under him with like a, a dumb joke no. every time. I get thrown. That is a little henchman, but yeah, like but, they, but they were serious characters. They yeah. weren't. They, you know, you didn't laugh at them. I know. You know, Tony Stark made the the Squidward joke, but I mean that that was actually funny. Yeah, but fit, that was it, a superhero doing it. Yeah, and it fit within the context. But no, anyways. So then, after this, after the great scene with Scott, Scott decides, okay, well, I got to go get this thing now because I've, I'll, you know, I don't want my daughter to die. And we get down there, and it's weird because it's a setting to where. I think they say every possible outcome happens. So he starts duplicating, and mm-hmm. there's these like thousands of different Ant Men, which I actually liked. I thought it was kind of cool. Oh yeah, bit. that it was a very cool visual. It reminded me of um, Spider Man Far From Home when uh, Mysterio was playing yeah, with Spider Man. His and, mind, because yeah, they do say you'll uh, be careful. You might lose the longer down there, the more you'll lose your mind. Yeah. So you have. Like the these difference of little Ant Man, you have this funny one where there's a Baskin Robbins yeah. one where he like he never becomes a which I I thought was kind or of Jack. Fun. Yeah. That's his uh that's his little name tag. Yeah, on there. which I thought was funny. I thought it was cool, but then it was it was interesting because you think he's about to lose, and then because and this really shows how good of a guy Scott Lang is. All the Scott Langs are like, oh, Cassie's in trouble because they they hear him on the radio. Yeah. They're like, we got to save Cassie, and just like actual ants. They, they build, build an anthill. I thought that was that was probably the coolest visual of the yeah. whole movie because like you're like oh wow like okay it's ants like it's uh they're clearly building on each other and um just it was a fun like little I think a little nod and a little showing the teamwork they have and I think it also going like character wise uh Cassie is. Pretty much his main, like, I will protect her at all costs, no matter whatever it is. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give them, just jumping off that, I'll, I'll give them big props in this movie. I wasn't a huge fan of Cassie. Again, I just hate when they make characters so great. I think she was all right. I, I, was all right. I, know, I know you do, but the, uh, the daughter the daughter-father dynamic was great, and I wish they actually just would have made a movie about that. Just make a movie about that. Make it a smaller-scale film, not this Kang. I, I did, they kind of did that with Hawkeye. Like, that's what they had. But they did it bad, though. Yeah, because it was like someone random. And we and we didn't know her. But this is his daughter. We've seen Cassie grow up since yeah. 2015 in the first mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Make that a smaller scale film. And I'll talk about this more in our final thoughts. I just didn't think Ant-Man was the right movie to introduce our big bad. This is way too big of a film for this small of a character. But it, I digress. We'll get into that. So mm-hmm. they get the orb. They get this little orb that Kang needs. And he's... And finally... 
finally now now, now Janet and them the... now Janet and them catch it back up mm-hmm. with them and Scott realizes oh this guy gets the orb he's gonna get out and he's gonna go kill trillions of people yeah so then Scott's like oh crap well then Kang's like well I'm stronger than all y'all he just takes the yeah. orb and and then he's like what about Cass and he's just like she'll be fine without you and you're like oh crap this guy. so not only is this guy dangerous he's not a man of his yeah. word but he because he played into it going to uh, his interaction with Janet in the earlier in the film. Because he promises Janet that he would let, like, bring her back to her daughter. Because all Janet could think about was the last thing she saw of her daughter, and like, no, she's not going to open the door and see her there. And so Kang's like, "Hey, like, I like." After Janet realizes this guy is a mass murderer, she starts going back on it. But he looks at her, and I think that was the most sincere thing. Like Kang was the whole movie, where I think he was being genuine there when he's like. I made a promise. Yeah. But these, I, this was different. This was way different. He was like, eh. Yeah. Eh. You know. You're yeah, just, I know what I said, but. I know what I said, but, hmm. you know, wasn't feeling the same way. But now, now I got what yeah. I want, so bye-bye. Yeah. So then you're like, uh-oh. No, this isn't good. He is, like, another, I guess to really uh, drive home, like, how brutal he is, uh, is what he says to Scott when he was about, like, threatening to kill his daughter. He goes, I will like kill her and make you relive it until you beg me to kill you. That, oh, that yeah, was, dude, that is a great line that, of dialogue. Yeah, I forgot was, about that. Yeah. That was like, because when I heard that, I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, I'm telling spicy. you. Spicy. T- again, Kang is a, Kang's the best part of this film yeah. easily. If you take him out of it, it's, yeah, I, I don't know how good it would have been. But basically after that, Kang's got the orb. We think all has lost. And then... We think Scott and them are done because Modoc's trying to kill, I think, uh, Hank. And he kind of, and he succeeds in taking his ship down. It's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Basically, we're, le- we're left with like a little, like, oh, is Hank going to be all right? Because we're not, we're not shown who's there, but we get a shadow. Yeah. And it's similar to like creatures they, uh, Janet and, um, Kang have to face early on. Yeah. Um, and their little scenes together. Uh, so I felt like when I saw the shadow, I was like, "Oh no, it's one of those things." Yeah, it's a bad thing. Yeah, but then later it's revealed it's the ants. It's the ants, and this was really cool. And we talked about this. So mm-hmm. me and Jack, again, I'm not a big fan of talking to your movies, but d- during the movie, uh, Hank, I, Hank's getting this mm-hmm. signal interference, I, and Jack kind of taps you, and Jack taps me and goes, "That's a, that's a Chekhov's gun." I'm like, "Yeah, like I like that." There's something going on there. That I said, you know. It's just like in Mickey Mouse, like that's a that's a helpful uh, yeah, a little, tool that'll help us later, kind of thing, and and then we finally get the payoff of that. So basically, mm-hmm. these ants have been communicating with Hank this whole time, and quantum realm. And this is this is another issue I have. I don't know how time works down here because some people live a thousand lives, and some people are only in there for like thirty seconds. Yeah. So they talked about that in Ant Man uh, at the end of Ant Man Two, of Ant Man the Wasp. Um, when Janet, going back to that, she's all fine. She's like, hey, go on in. Uh, but she's, I remember she says, don't get caught like a time vortex or something, whatever. Yeah. Kind of, it's something vortex. Because uh, then she's like, we won't be able to get you out. You'll be stuck in there forever. Because I can remember the video I watched last night to break it down. Uh, I feel like that's a cop out. I, I, yeah, it probably is. It probably is just some way to kind of cover themselves. It's a plot again. convenience, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they try to explain it later. Yeah, MCU does that a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. You think they've gotten lazy? Yeah, yeah. Just with the even the writing, because I feel like the writing is just as I said earlier. But like, there's just a lot things to connect. 
And they, I, I'm, I'm not. It's incredibly hard what they're doing. And yeah. again, that's why I wish they would, they would pull back the content. But I know, money, 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 and they want to make money. So you put out more content. I get it, but you know, I'd yeah. rather have great stories than yeah. you know quantity over quality kind of thing. But so then you realize that these ants have basically become super geniuses and have all this high tech stuff, and you're left with that. So you're like, okay. Then Cassie is uh, she's in captured. She breaks out. She saves the leader of the rebellion uh, that has is also been captured, and then she gives her little speech. Her little Come on, guys! Take up arms. Let's let's get this yeah. guy before he before he comes. And I, you know, I guess it was okay. Ray, Ray Skywalker. I, yeah, I felt I, I thought it was kind of dumb. Or Ray Palpatine. I, I didn't really buy it. I got this eighteen year old kid. Like, come on! Like, and she hasn't really been involved either. So it's not. It should have been the 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 actual rebellion person giving the speech. The person that's been down there fighting yeah. the fight. Now not we this, should not uh, this random girl that showed there's, up. Three, well, I guess there's there's four main rebellion. There's the the holes guy. He's like a little little blob or something. There is this giant dude. It was like just a big circle head that can shoot a laser beam. He looks like head. the Pixar lamp. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And then there's a guy that can read minds. Um, I liked, I like him. Yeah, he was a cool dude. Um, and I felt like they could have had one of them. Like, I mean, I don't think I think. I think in the prison they only had the mind reading guy and uh, the leader in there. Yeah, and you um, should you should just have the leader because she's yeah. a leader, and she's and she's like, no, 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 you give the speech, and yeah. Cassie's like, why? Like, but then she just gives it, and again, I didn't really buy it, but it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, yeah, not think. not too much. And Paul and and then Paul Rudd's like, oh, I'm I'm so proud of you, Peanut, or something like that. And I, like, think, oh, I think it's just that how way sweet. of like how uh, sweet. I think it was more of a way to be like, okay. Now Scott can be like, "Oh, there's my daughter." Because I mean, that when you think of it that way, then it's like, oh, "Okay, that all right." That's- so basically, this big battle happens, and they successfully, um, they successfully stop Kang's ultimate like plan of getting this huge army of all his stormtroopers up. So they desecrate all that, and Kang's like, "You know what?" And this is what I like about Kang too. He's yeah. not just this guy that sits behind behind. He the, got out there. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't sit behind the. You know, he's not like the Wizard of Oz. He doesn't pull the well, strings. At first he is because he's yeah. just like, let's just go, exactly. Let's go, but let's but go. then he's like, no, no. You know what? No. Yeah. I'm coming down there. He goes down there and he kills. And I'm being serious. He hundreds of people. Okay, so borderline thousands just kills oh, just, free. It was and they uh, show it. Yeah, like, War of the like Worlds. Guts, it was honest. War of the Worlds. Like when they like. Uh, just yeah, they evaporate. They just, but the one mm. that was gruesome, I, like when I saw, it, I was like, "Dang, Marvel! Yeah. All right." Uh, it's like the scene in Doctor Strange when yeah. John Krasinski gets popped, exactly. Like, what the, yeah, like Marvel did that. But this one was shown. Yeah, but it's not blood. But it's kind of implied to be blood. Yeah. Uh, the big tall lamp rebellion man. guy, lamp guy. We'll call him lamp guy. Uh, very hurting a lot of Marvel fans by calling him lamp guy. But hey, lamp guy's a cool guy. He was cool. I liked him. until until Kang. Literally, uh, executed him like just blew up his head. His head, like all the like, yeah, like took, goo took, or whatever comes like, spraying took, out. Took and it's shown the, on the camera. Like, took, shown. It took his own light that that he blasted at mm-hmm. Kang, harnessed and, it, oh, yeah. and threw it right like back. An airbender, at him. yeah, just, and threw it right back at him and exploded. And you're just like, whoa, oh, this yeah, guy, this, guy. this, this guy's <laughs> bad. This guy's a bad dude. So then, so you immediately get shown that Kang is no one to mess with. Mm-hmm. And then right after this. You cut to a scene with Modok, who has for the for the battle been trying to kill Cassie, and well, that was that was a little bit beforehand because Mary Cassie takes her takes him out, yeah. and then that's when they have 
because okay. remember they, they it's a uh, her Pope and Scott fighting Kang and Kang just I mean one by one just flicks he does yeah yeah he tears through them yeah and um but yeah that one scene uh will we'll, I guess we'll go with poo face yeah the yeah word that but, but, yeah basically Cassie tells Modok that he needs to stop being a poop face yep and Modok's like well how do I stop being a poop face and she's like you just need to be nicer and we're I'm like okay, and then me and Jack and like looked like, at don't me, be a poop face. Yeah, at the end yeah. Of it. it was such bad. Dialogue. Me and Jack just looked at each other. I was like, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. It, it, did, it didn't make sense. It felt like they were just like, hey guys, you just want to slip in like you know uh, a curse word, cuss word, whatever under whatever that is. And and, and that scene would have been bad enough, but little did we know it was setting up something. Yeah, and, and it, it it was such a quick little scene, and it set it up, felt like he was done. Yeah, and, so this is what it set up. So, yeah. Kang is destroying everybody. You're like, oh, Kang's about to win. Mm-hmm. He's got all, all our heroes are down. They're yeah. no match for him. He's killing them. And then Hank Pym rises like the Undertaker after mm-hmm. he got hit with you know by Triple H with a pedigree. He rises with all these ants. And I mean, it's yeah. hun- it's it's well, just, we we know that he has the ants, but it's well, kind of like but it, you forget it, he's you're, the guy that's late to the party. Exactly. It's guy. it's like Endgame when all the mm-hmm. portals show up and, and it's yeah. like oh now it's a party and all these ants come and yep. they start attacking. And then when they do show up, it is literally I I'm pretty sure it they like changed the audio a bit, but I'm pretty sure it was the Death Star like when they're in the Death Star and it's going down and you're like the mm-hmm. like good, that. Good, good thing it's not copyright because yeah. you know they they own everything well, now. Yeah. And so all these uh, ants, and there's like, again, thousands of them start attacking Kang, and he's holding them off. He's holding mm-hmm. them off. And then you get in this really good scene where ants are, I'm actually believing it. I'm like, okay, I'm into this. Yeah. Where Modok comes in, turns on Kang, and says, He sticks his big face yeah, in like the. It faces, face in. He's, in, like, he's like, I'm not a poop face. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not a poop. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what he said. He goes, I'm. You know, like, I'm, I'm not a poop face. I'm not a poop and he's face. Like trying to break through, and I'm just like, that's so stupid. Um, that is so stupid. That is so stupid. And mm. that's in, and that's imagine being that actor. You know, you're like your wife's or uh, just like spouse is um, you know, like like hey, I heard you in this film. I won't watch it with you. And you're like, oh no 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 no, 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 you don't need to watch it. Actually, extra. Actually, actually, don't like watching my own stuff. So I prefer you not watch your giant face. Scream be, uh, one, be picked up and have a little little butt, uh, little CGI butt, <laughs> yeah. your little legs dangle, and then get called a poop face, uh, and then and then explain that yeah. you're not a poop face. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so then Kang is Kang has to retreat obviously because he's done. Then you get this little scene with Modok where he's dying and, and, and which, going back, which uh, was Return a, of the Jedi. Yeah, which was it was kind of funny. He there's, was there's he was, so much Avatar, Star Wars in this movie that they just took from and Endgame. Again, uh, it, again, you had the serious scene, and I will admit I did laugh at these jokes, but yeah. again they they cut the tension. Modok says something like, "You were like a brother to me, Scott," and you have Paul Rudd being like. What? Yeah, he does the. Like, He's like what? He does the word Vader. Yeah, like touches, touches like, the face. Out. Like, like you, were, you were like a brother to me, and and then Scott's like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, I died in Avenger, and then you're like, yeah, yeah. They're like yeah, and then that same way Darth Vader dies. He dies technically a good guy, but um, and then and so then Modok dies, and I know you're like, oh my gosh, like Modok's. A lot of people love Modok. You're like, oh, he's only in one movie. Well, yeah. thank God he died because this version's terrible. So <laughs> we're really glad he died. Then basically, you, you think, don't want a Modok series. No, 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 no. I well, could see it. They could. I mean, they, they did an animated series recently. Yeah, but that was with uh, Patton Oswalt. Exactly, yeah. which is how you should do that character in animated. You can't do it in live action. Anyways, too goofy. We think we think everybody's won. You know, hunky dory, Kang's defeated. You know, mm-hmm. ding dong, the witch is dead. We threw a house on top of her head, and we want to go. We want to go back. So the portal opens. We're all going back, and then 
and then Ant-Man turns into Spider-Man. He gets that Spidey sense. He throws a... Uh, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, he... he I was he, like, why does he, he... He got his Spidey senses going. He throws... Because when he did that, I thought he was just, like, pushing her in to be like, no, no this fight's not done. Like, she was like, like he was going to do something. But then it turns out, no, he pushes her, and Kang... He, he pushes Wasp. Yeah. He pushes but, Wasp through, and Kang attacks him. So then they... No, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was Cassie. It was Cassie, remember? Wasp... Hope had already gone through. Had Hope already gone through? Yeah, because... You sure it was Cassie? Yeah, It was Cassie, you're right. It was Cassie, because they go through, and then he pushes Cassie in there, and then she's like, what? Where's Dad? And they're like... And they're like, where is he? Where is he? Yeah, well, he's fighting Kang, and so they duke it out, which I thought was a pretty good fight scene. Uh, Kang's obviously a lot stronger than uh, Paul Rudd. because lot stronger. Because Jonathan Majors is going to be in Creed 3. Oh, yeah, he's... So he's a boxer, so he trained... And Big Paul Rudd is not in Creed three, so he's not a boxer. So mm-hmm. obviously, um, Kang defeats, kind of kicks the crap out of Ant Man, and you get this, and Ant Man's bloody, and you're thinking, I'm oh, not yeah. gonna and lie, he's, just, he's doing the classic villain thing where he's just like, you could have, you could have seen your daughter, you could have just gone and, home, and I really thought you they could have just lived another day. I was just, thinking they were either gonna kill Ant Man here or have him get stuck in the quantum realm. That's what I thought he get stuck. So he's bloody. He's and then and then you you get the line from the trailers, which is a good line. He goes, I don't. Like, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. Yeah, which is a great line. Really good, good, line. good line. So I'm like, okay, well, are y'all both going to lose? Because that's not what happens. Yeah. So anyways, basically, Wasp comes back through. Saves the day. Saves the day. The portal gets shut, and they allegedly kill Kang, we think. We think. We, we think. Don't. We're not sure. And I really hope they didn't, because this Kang is great. And we got a post credit scene, which is making me like, eh, a couple yeah. of those Kangs. I was like, now, eh. I have some theories. Uh... So the portal, first off, um, the thing that he gets thrown into is like his little dimensional thing that he was trying to find, like the multiverse. Uh, so he could be sent to just a whole new uh, dimension, like or uh, multiverse. Uh, uh, and then I was thinking, with uh, they didn't show it. I feel like they probably would have if they did it. But with um, Ant Man and the crew. Like when they get back, I was like, "What if they're actually in a whole different universe and they don't realize it?" Yeah, because they kind of like because remember uh, early on in the movie uh, when he's having his like, "Oh, this is the best day walking down the street." His food's free. His food isn't free at the end, you know. And then um, I think you're reaching a little bit. I know I'm reaching, but that's what us MCU marks do. Okay, I think you're reaching. I am, it, it would be cool though. It would be cool. And, and it actually, at least they plan the seats. And it actually have some some stakes because not no. gonna lie. Because well, then like, how is he gonna get out of that? Well, well, basically, you figure out. So it ends with Kang's defeated, and then you have Wasp and Ant Man standing there victorious. And then you know, just just yeah. like just, just like the Ewoks at the re- uh, re- uh, end of Return oh, of the yeah. Jedi, after they're all celebrating, they're like, like woo, yeah. And you're like, oh, great, happy moment, whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, they're stuck down there, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. Portal opens yep. up. Little satellite. Oh, just I, like, I let's go home. I literally, like, and it I was, was like, weird. I was like, like, oh. They're like, let's go home. I thought they were literally going to be like, we're going to live our life yeah. in the quantum realm. No, no, no. Cassie, again, because Cassie's the smartest human on Earth. She she, is, she finds she them just like that. Within like three seconds, too. You're just like, oh, wow, that's, that's really good timing. Yeah. And she goes through. So that's the end. Villains defeated. Nothing happened. Nobody died. Which I'm not gonna lie. That that's that's a big. Well, no. Uh, um, Light man. He died. Yeah. Uh, poor Light man. I think I think they either they should have killed off a maybe Hank, maybe a major some or at least a major minor character. Somebody. Yeah. But nothing. I thought they were gonna kill off Hank. I thought they would too, and they didn't. Yeah. But anyways, then you get the the kind of the ending, and I actually like this ending. 
Scott's like this, oh, happy, new kind of new outlook, like, yeah, maybe uh, I should, like, uh, I should be more aware I am a hero. I need to try to help everybody. Not, I know I saved the world, but that doesn't mean I just stop, right? Um, pretty good lesson. And then he stops in the street, and I love this. I'm not going to lie. He's like, wait. He's like, Kang said something worse is coming. Yeah. He said, like, I'm bad, but I- I'm stopping something worse. Like, was he being serious? He's like, no, nah, it's probably nothing. Probably nothing. And he's like, but what if it was something? And you get that. You because get, he's like, it's that little, oh, no. It's, it's, it's the thing that everyone experiences in life where they're, like, just having a good day. And then that little thing that's happened in yeah. your life where you're like, Oh crap! That's gonna come back and bite me. Oh, oh no! Oh like, no! W- will it? Because he doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't and know. So then you're just hoping. You're like, oh, you're hoping oh, it's not. And don't. so and so it ends with Paul Rudd being like, well, something might be coming. And then it, and then it's interesting. Like, well, does he tell anybody or does he keep it to himself? Yeah. So you got that. So I did like the way it ended. And then you get your two post credit scenes, mm-hmm. which uh, I'll let you I'll let you set up the first one. So the first one, uh, we. Are greeted by three kings, mm-hmm. which may because I th- wasn't there. Was there four statues in? Um, yeah, there's four statues in. Uh, yeah, in in Loki. In Loki, yeah. And one was destroyed, so they might think the one that's destroyed is the one that was exiled. Yeah, but we're greeted by this, which is what king. I have to assume is probably it. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming that's probably right. Um, and so we're greeted by these three kings. Uh, I don't know the comics. I know they all have names. They all have like because one's like an Egyptian yeah. king. I, I'm not gonna lie. The, the, uh, a couple of them, the way they looked, like the Pharaoh one. I was yeah. like, I, I know I, they're from the comics. They okay, look like, more like because like, I, I know they're all from the comics. But they're the Pharaoh one. I think is he's the one that says it. Where they're like they ask him, uh, they ask him something about, um, like how, how many did you like or who did you call. And then he's like, I called all of them. And then next thing we know, we're we're sent like, it's a shot of this giant coliseum, and kings are just spawning in like thousands, left and right, left, thousands. just, and they're all hyped. Yeah, they're which yeah, like they're yeah. just ecstatic, which is crazy to me because I I like, I'm just like, I feel like if you're teleported in a coliseum where like multiple use. Are popping up. That's ter- Like that's 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 a little like whoa. What's going on? But their reactions are like, come on! Like like they're about to go to battle. See, I totally disagree. Like I I, I know uh, there's a big like e- epidemic in this country of people not like loving themselves. That's uh, true. I don't have that problem. If I oh, got clearly. If, if I got teleported in in uh, into a coliseum with thousands of Donovans, I'd be like, let's go! I'd be high five and I'd be hugging them. Be, be doing all this stuff. Let's go play some golf. Let's go do this. We we finally we got somebody we can we can do stuff with that we want yeah. to do stuff with. I, I would love it. It'd be right up my alley. I think it'd be great. That may be the most terrifying arena <laughs> in the United States. You wouldn't want to visit that arena. Um, I already get enough of the Lucky Charms uh, jabs. <laughs> I'm I don't sure think I'll... I'd be able to take on thousands of donovans i i think only i feel like i'd be overpowered and forced to wear uh what are the, the notre dame mascot what are the other uh other donovans are really nice though there is yeah that's true there will be one that's really nice but maybe the one because i think in the mcu there's like the one thing that makes them all the same maybe that's the one thing <laughs> is that you Le- uh, get on to the lucky charm <laughs> the, the leprechaun jokes yep, the leprechaun jokes. that's the one that bonds it together so yeah so then you're like okay well there's a lot of lokis and yeah. it sets that up and the next one is i'm pretty sure and they've done it's, this before they they basically just take a clip 
from an upcoming uh, yeah, TV show. show or movie, and mm-hmm. they just plop it in. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they did that with Loki, where it's Loki and Owen Wilson. I can't think of his character. Oh, my goodness. I got to see his name. I, I, he, I is it Morbius? Or Mor- it's not Morbius. No, Mor- no Mor- Morbius, it's something. Morbius it's, is a very good character. It's something. It's it's Mobius? It's Mobius. Oh, that, that's living that's living what it is. It's Mobius. Quick. So you got Owen Wilson and Lo- and as Mobius and Loki. They're sitting there, and... Yeah, you, and and it and it's, and it's old time. It's like in the eighteen hundreds. We got Kang, and he's sitting there giving a presentation. And Loki's like, "This guy's dangerous." And Owen Wilson's like, "What? What? Like, like what? What? Like what? Like not?" And, and like Loki's that, no, no. He's like, "That's him. That's the guy." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's like, wow, wow." Not like, wow. yeah. He's like, well, "No." The guy's name was like Victor Timely. I think that was his name. They have his name. I, I, that must have taken a long time. Wow, wow, wow. Victor Timely. But yeah, oh, yeah so his name uh, says Mo. Uh, Mobius M. Mobius. Got it. Yep. I guess I was right. No, look well, at probably that. Probably idiots are probably missing something. There's probably some meaning behind that. <laughs> nah, I, I don't. I don't care that much about it. So then that. So that's what we're left off with, and then the yep. movie ends, and it, and it doesn't say Ant Man will return. It says Kang will return. That's because true. at the end of every Marvel movie, it usually shows like Iron Man will return, Thor yep. will return, Hulk will something like that. It doesn't say Ant Man's gonna return. It says the Kang's gonna return, which I thought was interesting. But which Kang? We don't know exactly, which which is kind of a theory. I I really hope that Kang's not dead because the mm-hmm. Kang we got in Ant Man, that's the Kang I want to be the big bad. I because I, I don't think they're, you're going to get any better than that Kang. Do you think we're gonna? Do you think we're gonna have any more um, like Kangs introduced? Where we or do you think Kang the Kang we're eventually going to get is going to wipe out all the other ones? I'm not sure. Cause I feel like we could have like the one straggler that's like, "Hey, I'm the good guy. I'm gonna help you all." I feel um, like we already got that with Loki. We're getting another one. Yeah, but he wasn't even necessarily a. I mean, he kind of was a good guy, but he was just more like, "Look, it, but he just let he, it play out." He didn't want to take over. Yeah, I, he wasn't power hungry. He was more just like, "Hey, you know, this is a timeline. Let's let it yeah, play out." Like, hey, I don't know what like it was. That was a very fun scene. I don't know that 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 scene. I, it's I great. Like, yeah, great. it's like a thirty minute dialogue again. Jonathan Majors, all credit to him. I, I, oh, great! He's he's he's, he's perfect. Very good. And that brings us to our final thoughts on the movie. And just for me, the more I think about it, I think this movie is okay, and that's the problem with it. I think maybe eight years ago, if you got an okay MCU film, it would have been fine. But at this point, I just don't think it works. And also jumping off that, I think it's the worst Ant Man movie. Because it's the biggest Ant-Man movie. The other two are small-scale films that didn't have a lot of implications on the MCU. And I think that's what their charm was. With this one, this had huge implications. And to me, it just just didn't work as a whole. And it was all right. But I don't think that's good enough anymore for Marvel. Yeah, it's... it's. I think it's telling just uh, how they've been with their movies lately. Just... I. It's just, it just really just doesn't seem like they have as much care into them as they used to. Uh, they're just pushed out. And this probably could have... I mean, it felt like when you first saw it, this is going to be like the biggest movie um, in the MCU in a while. Um, but it just... I've It overall just flopped on accomplishing that uh, excitement coming out of the theater. It also the trailers misled what the movie was about because if you watch the trailers, it sounds like Kang's gonna like give Scott this choice and they're gonna have this back and forth and maybe Kang is gonna influence Scott and like mess with his mind, but that doesn't happen. It's just a just a basic villain plot where he, he's like, oh, No, I'm gonna kill you if you don't do this. 
which is fine and all, and it establishes Kang as like a credible threat. But the movie that you marketed sounds a lot more intriguing. So I don't know. And the, even when you look at critics and audience scores, so this is the worst rated MCU film along with Eternals at 47% of Rotten Tomatoes critics tour. The audience has it 84%. So a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, the audience loves it. That's just not true because the way Rotten Tomatoes works is it's like a, it's a linear scale. So you either recommend a movie or you don't recommend it. So if you're slightly positive, that's a, so giving it a 6 out of 10 is the same thing as giving it a 10 out of 10. Same thing if you give it a negative, a 4 out of 10 is the same thing as a 1 out of 10. And a lot of people are very middle of the road with this. It's a lot of sixes and a lot of four out of tens. And I think that's where you're seeing that critic discrepancy. I think it's misleading. See, the cinema score is a B, which that's not very good. And then on Letterboxd, which I love, it's a 2.8 out of 5. Not very good at not all. Not very good at all. So what? It, it, it's a mediocre movie. I'll go ahead and, I guess, give my grade. I gave it a 6 out of 10 and probably a C plus. You know, it's fine. It's okay. I, I enjoyed it enough. I'm not going to remember it, though. And I don't really have a desire to rewatch it. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm gonna be more positive with it. Uh, I'm probably gonna give it maybe like I want to go six and a half, six point five. Yeah, because seven feels a little too high. But I do think it is a movie. Still, you should go to the theater and you'll enjoy it. But um, I feel like as an MCU fan it's going to disappoint more than you would like. See, my recommendation would be if you love the MCU, go watch it. If you're eh on the MCU, like, it's fine. True. I would just watch on Disney+. And then if you have no interest in the MCU, do not go watch it. You're not going to like it. It's it's, it's okay. It's a mediocre film. Rainy day movie, maybe. But just wait till it comes out on Disney+. Yeah, I just just still think it just disappoints the MCU fans. I mean, it just... It builds up this character... Kang, and you think you're gonna get see a lot of him destruction. You you really only see him to the end. He's throughout the film, and then you get another villain in Modok, just f- terrible, just written terrible, just treated him like, uh, you know, um, just some C list villain, um, and. I just wasn't happy being um, like what what I saw and what they could. I know they could have done something so much better. I think that's the problem. You look at it and you're like, this could have been a great film, and it just wasn't. It was it was okay. I think you wasted a great cast because they they really did have a great cast. Oh, and it was awesome. You wasted people like Michael Douglas, who is like a joke in this movie. Almost he kind of gets yeah. relegated to the joke. Again, there's positives. I think Kang's great. I thought the pacing was rock solid. I was never bored by the movie. But it's very mediocre. Not it, It's one of those movies. It reminds me of Force Awakens. I watched Force Awakens. I was like, okay, I like that. And the more I thought about it, I was like, eh, did I like it? And the more I thought about it, I was like, that wasn't that good. So, I don't know. On rewatch, I, I don't think this is going to get any better. But I think that kind of just leads into the state of the MCU, where it's at right now. And we've hinted at this a lot. I think it's just way too much content. You look at Phase Four; it's it was a year and a half, right, from January 2021 to November 2022. Fourteen movies and TV shows. They can't expect people to watch that much content just to keep up with your storytelling. And when they all interconnect, you don't ha- technically have to watch all of it. 
But you gotta have a good idea of what happened to those shows. Yeah, it each one's like a puzzle piece. Like Loki will fit with Ant Man, but it's not gonna fit with Black Widow, which uh Black Widow fits with Hawkeye. Cause you're not gonna understand some of these characters that pop up now unless you see a post credit or the whole film. Well, the the character introduced in Black Widow, Florence Pugh's character. If you don't watch Black Widow, which I'm be straight up, I didn't watch Black Widow. She's in the new Thunderbolts movie, so I mean, I'm a movie nerd, so I've looked all this up. But if you don't know that, you're like, who's that? And they're not going to reestablish her again, or they might, but then you're retreading on what you've already done. So I don't know. You, you, if you go through the MCU timeline, in four years in Phase One, they made six movies and it ended with the Avengers, right? You had that big Avengers. That was what they were heading towards the team up movie. Then you got Phase Two. That was two years, five movies. And it basically ended with Ultron. I know Ant-Man was thrown in there, but it was like almost like a, a palate cleanser, which is what Ant-Man is. It's a palate cleanser. It ended with Ultron, but you already introduced Thanos, so you know where we're going. And then obviously Phase 3 is 10 movies in three years, but it was Endgame. Infinity War was in there at that time. It ended with Spider-Man. And again, another little nice little cl- palate cleanser just to get your taste buds. And then Phase 4 happened. And there, we, we didn't know where we were going. Kane got introduced in Loki. What if you didn't watch Loki? Yeah, well, then you don't, you'd you don't, be so confused. You have no idea what's happening. It's just a bunch of pointless movies, in my opinion. Especially the post-credit with Loki. You'd be lost. You're like, why? He's dead. You're like, he's... Why is he with... Why is Owen Wilson there again? So, it's one of those things where I think it's good that we finally know where we're going. We're heading towards Kang. But I think, and I know you'll touch on this, I think you think more strongly about this. Do you think it's just superhero fatigue? I do. It There's too much, from at least from Marvel. And because of that, it hurts all the other superhero media out there, in my opinion. Um, there's just too much. There's not, you know, any westerns. There's not as much um, just sci-fi... I know there's sci-fi superhero movies because you might be like, oh, Guardians. Um, but I think that's what makes like Guardians great. It was different. Yeah. Like do a Western superhero movie. You can do yeah. that. Do different genres. I feel like MCU, a lot of times, you look at the great movies, they're different. There's just like, a formula. Yeah, with them. it's the same thing. Cut, copy, paste. Let's just put the same thing out there. And I, I don't know. I just feel like the MCU... It's ne- lacking. They need to change the formula. Look, this worked eight years ago. You can't just keep doing the same thing for 20 years and have people keep on coming back. You you have to change the formula, and I don't know what that is. Do you think it could have been a tone change after Endgame? Because you have this awful event. People are blipped uh, to some place. We don't know. But society had to carry on for five years after. Things should be depressing because... As Cassie um, says, you know, there's more stuff to do out there. People are homeless. So I, I don't see why they can't make it. I mean, it goes back to what we said early on. It is for kids, but I, I think you, they have to at least entertain like the adults because they know they have adult viewers. The problem is you obviously need to have comedy movies like Guardians or stuff like that. But you also, I think you need to have serious movies too. The problem is they have those really goofy comedy movies and those are great. I love those. But then when you get to the serious movies, like this should have been a serious movie. And 
it's it kind of is, but it's also not. You still get that MCU humor, and I think it totally. Again, we've talked about this at nauseum, but it undercuts attention. I think the MCU has to has to change the formula, and that's why I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping DC kills it because then the MCU's got to get on their heels. Like, okay, well, we got to step up because I feel like the MCU's in that place right now. They're like, well, we can just keep on making the same stuff, and people are going to go watch. Like Ant Man, Ant Man's going to make a lot of money. Did you ever uh, watch Peacemaker? No, I didn't, but I heard oh, it's great. I, I highly suggest it. Very good. Um, but I was going to ask you, have you, if you've watched any of the shows, I don't know if you have, but I've watched WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and that's it, pretty much. Um, but out of the shows, which one, did you enjoy any of them you've watched so far? I liked Loki. Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't think it was like great. I, but I like Tom Hiddleston. I like Owen Wilson. I feel like, again, I feel like it's it's almost like the actors are carrying the show. I thought it was interesting, but again, they they do this a lot. They make it to where they kind of emasculate Loki in that show just a little bit. They do. Actually, they do it several times. They make him not credible. They make him incompetent. And Loki's supposed to be a competent, because he's not the strongest person. He's supposed to outsmart you, like the Riddler, kind of with Batman. He's supposed to be smarter than you. I would have liked it in Loki if he would have been almost like an un, uh, unreliable narrator. Like, you, you don't really know what's happening because he's the god of mischief. And it's just like they forget what these characters are supposed to be. But I think what they did well, though, is having an emotional connection with the character. That I think that's what drew, drew me into Loki so much, is you fell more and more and more in love with his character and had sympathy for him. Because um, then you learn he actually does like love his brother. He he has like he at the end of the day they're brothers. Um, and he had regret in his life for the mistakes he's made. He's kind of like, oh, I'm just a screw up. I'm always gonna mess up in the end. And it was really sad. But then you have his heroic uh, turn. Um, that you kind of end up cheering for. Like, yeah, Loki's gonna do it. He's gonna ch- make a change in the world. Um, but that that was the main positive I took away from. It. I mean, obviously now they're facing the main baddie now, um, going forward. And I just, I just wish they could do more with some of the other heroes. Like Moon Knight was good. Moon Knight was very good. I think, oh, I put it up there with Loki. But I think the reason why Moon Knight was good. There wasn't many MCU connections. No, con- they were there, but they weren't. It's almost like a separate little thing. It was more quiet than than the other ones have been. Like, and then of the movies, uh, Shang Chi had that feeling. It was kind of like separate, and then to the post credit, then you get more of the okay MCU um, connections. Yeah, I think the main problem with Marvel is kind of because we're wrestling nerds, right? And yeah. You have this in wrestling where you've established these great stars like The Rock, Austin, Hulk Hogan, and then you have to make new stars. Yeah, you put over John Cena. Exactly, which wrestling tends to do very well a lot. The problem is... You can have the Roman Reigns. Yeah, you can have that scenario where you got rid of Iron Man. He's your cash cow, right? That's the one everybody loves. You got rid of Captain America. He basically ruined Thor and Hulk's character, and you're trying to bring in these new people, and they're just not clicking with everybody. Like when Captain Marvel came out, that was the first time people were like, "Ugh!" Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't love this. Like this isn't great. This like we don't love this character. And then every other character that they've introduced since then has just kind of, it's just kind of been a dud. So 
I don't know. I think they have a character. I think they have a tonal issue, a character issue, just down the line. I think they have Guardians coming out in in May, and I think that's going to be a great movie. But that's also James Gunn, and I feel like that's not it's not going to have anything to do with the rest of the MCU. That's like a send off to them, and I think that'll be great. But besides that, I don't know. And then you have the Marvels coming out in November, which I don't think anybody will watch because I don't think anybody cares about it. But that's just me personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what James Gunn can do. But that's going to do it for our first podcast. Join us next week as we break down Cocaine Bear. I know, weirdly enough, we weren't probably going to watch this movie, but we've talked to a lot of people, and they're like, yeah, review Cocaine Bear. It's in high demand. So I guess guess we will. We'll go see it this weekend, review Cocaine Bear. For Jack Myrick, I'm Don Weaver. Thanks for listening to Reels Review, and always remember to keep the popcorn popping and the reels rolling.